Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can find out more by visiting johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We get an update on education legislation in Florida. We'll also visit with Bob Rommel. He's a state representative, our state representative, actually. We'll get an update on what's happening in the legislative session. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government and former mayor of Naples. Always has great commentary on what's happening. Uh, Bill Barnett will be with us as well. It is April the 29th, and on this day in 1992 in Los Angeles, California, four Los Angeles police officers that had been caught beating an unarmed African-American motorist in an amateur video are acquitted of the wrongdoing in their arrest. Hours after the verdict was announced, outrage and protest turned into violence as the L.A. riots began. Protesters in south-central Los Angeles blocked freeway traffic and beat motors, wrecked and looted numerous downtown stores and buildings and set fire to more than 100 fires. Under federal law, the four officers could also be prosecuted for violating Rodney King's constitutional rights. On April the 17th, 1993, a federal jury convicted Kuhn and Powell, two of the officers, for violating King's rights by their unreasonable use of force under the color of law. Although uh, Wind and Brisney or the other two officers were acquitted, most civil rights advocates considered the mixed verdict a victory. On August the 4th, Kuhn and Powell were sentenced to two and a half years in prison. King died in 2012 of an accidental drowning. Lots of violence and a pretty, pretty torn up area at the time when it occurred anyhow. That was the day. Well, an unprecedented audit of ballots in, from November's presidential election will continue in Arizona, but the private country, company hired by the Republican-led state uh, Senate must make public its procedures for guaranteeing the privacy of voters and the secrecy of their choices. The decision Wednesday by Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Daniel Martin was both a loss and a win for the Arizona Democrat Party, which is challenging the recount in a state Joe Biden won narrowly over Donald Trump. The Democrats argued that the public had a right to know that the count of 2.1 million ballots in their state's most populous county was being conducted. Their lawyers argued their vote, voter privacy would be irreparably harmed if the process proceeded, at least without knowing how the recount was going to be conducted. So they did get a concession. There will be The process will be revealed to the public. But this is a big deal because this judge... The previous judge was recused. Uh, this judge, it was appointed, let's see, I think it was by uh, Bill Clinton, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he was very uh, liberal, but you know what? He decided to enforce the rule of law as opposed to taking his own personal opinions. And the audit will proceed. This is a big, big deal. I know the president gave his address last night. We'll talk about that in a moment, but I think this is an even bigger deal. Well, federal prosecutors executed a search warrant Wednesday at the Manhattan apartment of Rudy Giuliani, the former New York City mayor and personal attorney to former President Donald Trump, as they probe his business dealings with the Ukraine. A lawyer for Giuliani, Bob Costello, confirmed that a search warrant had been executed. Electronic devices were among the items seized, according to the New York Times. They didn't seize uh, the laptop, though. Uh, Hunter Biden's laptop. They they left that. They had no interest. Isn't that interesting? Anyhow, uh, Giuliani did not immediately respond to a request for comment. In addition to his Madison Avenue apartment, the Associated Press, citing an unnamed source, reported that investigators also executed a warrant at Giuliani's office on Park Avenue. The search warrant does not mean Giuliani committed a crime, but it signals that investigators are persuaded that they persuaded a judge they believed criminal conduct occurred and that executing the warrant might uncover relevant evidence. This is a seismic moment in the investigation, said Jessica Levinson, a professor at the Loyola Law School 
in Los Angeles, it's a big deal to execute a search warrant concerning an attorney because of issues of attorney-client privilege, she said. It's a bigger deal to execute a search warrant on the attorney who worked for the former president. What would happen if President Trump had actually uh, executed or had a search warrant on the attorney of uh, Obama? Oh, hell would have broken loose. Juliana broke, uh, began representing Trump in April of 2018. So interesting. And it's in, in addition to that, they also raided former President Trump attorney Victoria Tonzing Wednesday morning in conjunction with the raid on Giuliani. Both raids uh, purportedly involved alleged lobbying violations. Unbelievable. Well, in a speech to the nation last night, President Joe Biden had little to say about real problems such as skyrocketing gas prices and the humanitarian crisis he has caused at our border through poor diplomacy, but he was full of solutions to problems that don't really exist. Unbelievable. Nowhere was this clearer in what he said, had to say about the economy. Biden was smart enough to brag about the econ- economic recovery, even though it began without him, and he probably doesn't deserve much credit for it but he can hardly brag about it while simultaneously asserting an urgent need to reshape or otherwise fix the economy with all the futile job plans he keeps talking about. If people really are getting back to work, why does our economic future depend urgently on our embrace of green jobs or dodgy Buy American programs? Why will we want to go to throw away the state right-to-work laws that have gotten us where we are today? And then why would we want to endanger the recovery by imposing new taxes on businesses that we are expecting to hire more people? Doesn't make sense. Biden's speech, much like his recovery plan, whistled past the realities of today's modern economy. No, the nation is not suffering from a lack of green buildings to build as much as bureaucrats might think it is. There are no job problem. There's a problem with coronavirus-related restrictions on business. And how about higher minimum higher uh, unemployment benefits that make it so that people don't want to go to work. And those and what few pockets of unemployment remain in California and Hawaii will rapidly mend. By American, Biden was went on about this, yet is one of the biggest job-killing scams in our nation's history, a political demagoguery. Even President Barack Obama knew better than that. No, Buy American does not create jobs. To whatever extent it succeeds, mercifully it is ineffective. It threatens broader job-creating markets upon which far more American workers depend for their livelihood than the paltry number of jobs we could preserve by making sure that all paperclips government buys were bent by Americans. <laughs> Biden also said, stated that because labor unions created the middle class, we should pass a law, the PRO Act, that will help them survive extinction. That is stupid. This is a fallacy and a hilarious one. We still use and value concrete. Does that mean we should bring back the Roman Empire that created it? I don't think so. When unions built that middle class, it happened in a very different world than the one we live in today. The world of 1921 is now, it's now 2021, and workers are certainly not clamoring to join unions. We just saw workers for one of the nation's largest and most important companies vote overwhelmingly against unionization when given the choice and the president's full encouragement. Private sector unionization is at its lowest point in more than 90 years. It's not because workers don't have a chance to unionize, but because they don't want to. This isn't the only problem or only area where Biden is lathering. The vaccination administration process that predates his administration is proceeding apace, using vaccines made possible by his predecessor's Operation Warp Speed program. Biden wants to be seen as a president addressing the nation's problems. What he doesn't, uh, what he's really doing is trying to strangle with one hand the economy. He can't stop pointing at what the other uh, to take the credit. He must fail at this if he's going to be a successful president. Unbelievable. Well, if in the Republican response to Joe Biden's address on a joint session of Congress, Senator Tim Scott rebuked the president's divisive agenda on taxes, spending, and race. A hundred years ago, he said, kids in the classroom were taught the color of their skin was the most important characteristic, he said. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again, and if you look a certain way, uh, they're an oppressor. People are being making money and gaining power by pretending we don't have haven't made any progress at all by doubling down on the divisions we work so hard to heal. 
you know, this stuff is wrong. America is not a racist country. It's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates. Scott took a pointed shot at President Biden's hypocrisy in characterizing the Senate filibuster as Jim Crow relic, the same filibuster that Donald Trump, Obama and President Biden praised when they were senators, the same filibuster that Democrats used to kill my police reform bill, he said, have not become a racist relic just because the shoe now is on the other foot. Scott rejected race is no political weapon to sell every issue. It's far too important, he said. Scott also said that President Biden is failing in his inaugural goal of unity. A president who promises to bring us together should not be pushing agendas that tear us apart, he said. The American family deserves better. We know uh, better. Uh, we know what uh, better looks like, he said. Senator Tom Cotton added a remark uh, Wednesday night. Biden's plan for more spending is are doomed, as Scott said Biden's call for unity ultimately has been. Tonight, President Biden promised the nation higher taxes, crushing debt, and open borders. Cotton's statement read, his radical agenda is dead on arrival from Tom, Tom Cotton. As I understand it, most people are saying that uh, Tim Scott's comments far out shouted the, uh, shadowed the uh, president's uh, comments in the joint session of Congress, which, by the way, usually is attended by about 1,600 folks. It was just a, few, a handful of folks that ended up showing up for his hour-long presentation. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Law, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse. I was on the, actually the president of the board for 15 years, and I hope you check out gulfshoreplayhouse.org, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bob Rommel, our state representative. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder of a terrific organization, Helping Kids 
uh, get a better education in Florida. Uh, Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a grassroots organization. We've grown to about 110,000, a little over 110,000 active supporters. And uh, we focus exclusively on K-12 education reform. And to us, that means uh, school choice and getting rid of the indoctrination that's taking place in our schools and offering solutions that help parents take control of their kids' education. You know, we have a governor and a, a, a commissioner of education. They're both running uh, interference on some of these uh, programs like the 1619 Project. Off air, you mentioned that there's something going on in our textbooks that's concerning. Yeah. Well, some of your listeners and, and many of our team remember that uh, it was three, a little over three weeks ago, the governor was here in Naples, and he announced that critical race theory and theories like it are wacko and would not be tolerated in uh, Florida schools. Well, interestingly enough, uh, right now, uh, the Florida Department of Education and all of the 67 counties are in the middle of an adoption process for English language arts. Uh, you remember that we were very involved in writing uh, really good, what we think are really good quality English language arts standards. Yeah. Uh, but standards without the right content are meaningless. Yeah. You know, you can have the best standards, but if you're teaching curriculum that contains this wacko stuff, then the, 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 so what we're finding, so what we're finding is uh, back in February, the Florida Department of Education uh, approved uh, a number of, of uh, national publishers. One of them is Houghton Mifflin uh, Harcourt. Mm -hmm. And in their materials, um, they don't call it critical race theory, but they've infused all of the all of the uh, the euphemisms, if you will. Yeah. Um, there's an excellent article that I point your uh, listeners to that uh, Imprimus uh, Hillsdale put out on what and you can just Google uh, critical race theory uh, and Imprimus, and you can pull it up, and uh, it's very clear that critical race theory is. Uh, Identity-based Marxism, it's being injected and infused into all of our government agencies, including our schools. It's even, uh, uh, some of the key proponents are even uh, proposing that, uh, we, that we suspend all private property rights, seize land and wealth, and redistribute along racial lines. This is being infused into our, our, our kids, and yeah. it just has to stop. In the meantime, the, gov the governor's made it clear that he wants civics programs taught, which would actually rebut those claims and uh, teach kids about freedom, liberty, uh, the Constitution, and, and, and all the things that make America great. It's just that's, very that's terrific, and, and we fully support the governor on that. But if, if we're at the same time adopting textbooks that teachers uh, can use the, to then uh, counterbalance that, uh, what message are we sending our teachers, number one, and, right. and worse, what message are we sending our kids? So disappointing, Keith. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention. What are we going to do about it? Well, uh, we're, we're, uh, we've called it to the attention of personally to Corcoran, uh, Commissioner Corcoran, and to the governor's senior aide on education. Uh, we're actually looking at, and we haven't finalized this, so this uh, we, may, we may change our approach. Uh, but we're actually uh, thinking seriously about calling, um, uh, asking the governor and Corcoran to call a moratorium on all ELA textbook adoptions until they can be absolutely 100% certain that they're, they're not including embedded, infused critical race theory. It's a great idea. Well, again, this is just an example uh, for our listeners' benefit to see how the Florida Citizens Alliance operates in order to protect kids from indoctrination and to make sure that they're getting the right information in their schools, real, real information, real history, as opposed to fake stuff, indoctrination and uh, propaganda. So, uh, Keith, uh, the legislative session is winding down this week. Any comments? Yes, yeah, some really good things and some not-so-good things. Um, Parents' rights bill passed, uh, the House bill on uh, the scholarship program that we like better than the Senate bill is now headed to the governor, so that's all good. Um, unfortunately, uh, the sports bill, the transgender sports bill, was killed in the Senate uh, just uh, earlier this week. 
a, a really good bill that would rein in the, the school unions uh, was killed uh, in the rules committee um, um, on Monday. So there's been a couple of uh, major disappointments that uh, we were strong advocates for. And uh, we're trying to figure out why they were killed, but the, the end result is they're still dead. <laughs> yeah, they're dead. So uh, perhaps they can, this is a holdover to next session. But uh, why, why was the teachers' union bill killed? I don't know the why of it. Uh, I've been told by a really uh, high level. So I've got actually two perspectives. And the most recent one was that... Uh, you know, uh, Senator uh, Pasadomo is the head of the Rules Committee, and she's the next Senate president. But uh, but I'm told that they were in a conference, uh, Wilton Simpson, who's the president of the Senate, uh, and and uh, Pasadomo were in a, a, a dogfight with the governor, and the governor wouldn't give them something that they wanted, and so they killed Actually, they killed both the sports bill and this bill out of spite. That's uh, what I'm being told. I, I don't know how to confirm that. Okay. That's what I'm being told. It's so interesting. And this whole this whole sports bill, this has to do with uh, uh, males participating in female sports. Is that correct? Yes, that's actually, that's absolutely correct. So this is so disappointing. We should uh, hopefully the governor can take executive action to override this because this is just absurd. If any, I mean, I'd actually like to see the governor withdraw all Florida public schools, including colleges, from the NCAA uh, uh, in order to uh, avoid this. I mean, let's put the pressure on the NCAA. Let's not uh, put the pressure on kids. Yes, yeah, that's that's a terrific idea. I, I would agree. Yeah, well, maybe you can get that up to the <laughs> to the commissioner of education. Well, uh, you know, we're about to take on the system if we put out this uh, open letter to the governor, and so um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the bureaucracy's response is. Yeah, Keith Logg and a co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, visit visit goflca.com take a look at the uh, there's a presentation on uh, May the uh, excuse me April the 17th really terrific Alex Newman and one of the speakers Rebecca remind me of her last name Friedrichs Rebecca Fre Friedrichs Re Rebecca Friedrichs do stop take a look at the website goflca and check out those presentations Keith always appreciate your commentary here in the show thank you so much for joining us uh, thank you Bob have a great weekend you as well thank you all right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bob Rommel, our state representative. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. 
We'll see you at the show. When did the world Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. Uh, one of the policies and programs is to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's actually working against the administrative's agenda, administration's agenda, but it's a great organization. I hope you'll visit the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state representative, Bob Rommel. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob, and uh, happy to be on your show today. Always pleased to have you, Bob. Well, I, off air, you mentioned there was some good news. Keith Law and I, he's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance, are talking about the disappointment of the uh, uh, process of the law that was going to be passed about excluding males from female sports. Uh, and uh, you have an update. You know, Bob, uh, you know, when we pass a bill, everybody knows it has to pass the floor of the House and has to pass the floor of the Senate. And uh, last week, we actually uh, passed the transgender athlete uh, bill that would have banned uh, individuals that were born a male from competing against girls. And it's a shame that we actually have to have a law to do that because, you know, we can all tell that there's a difference and uh, males definitely, you know, have a physical difference. Uh, and if we allowed them to do that, it would take away spots, it would take away scholarships, and we passed it, and but it failed in the Senate. And then yesterday, um, a bill came back over from the Senate that involved charter schools and other education facilities, and we were to, able to amend that bill, put the uh, banning of transgender athletes uh, back on it, and it passed, and it's on its way to the governor right now. Oh, man, that is... <laughs> Bob, that is just great information, great news. I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, well, what they say about making sausage is true, huh? <laughs> you know, it, it is. And, you know, and I, I know this is a very sensitive subject, and uh, and I do feel, you know, bad for people that, you know, are, that are transgender. I feel bad that, you know, you know, it seems like they're left out. But, you know, we have to protect uh what's natural and it's natural there's men there's women there's boys there's girls so here's and the th- here's the deal why not have a transgender uh flight of of competition I, I i and i guess schools if they wanted to they could have an other category this is open to you know any gender yeah. that you are or you identify and you know they could sell tickets they could have fans and they could do everything else that you know natural teams have and uh you know, because, you know, we have to be fair. We have to make sure everybody's treated fairly. And truly, um, again, we can feel bad for them, but, you know, we have to protect, you know, girls. We have to definitely protect Absolutely. Uh, girls. Well, and the, and the other part of this is, you know, there are consequences for our decisions. So, uh, you know, I think once you make a decision that you'd like to uh, uh, change your gender, uh, you've got to consider everything that's involved, including not participating in collegiate sports. And, and you know, what was crazy in some states some states that allow this a 40 year old male that identifies as a woman could walk into a girl's room with a six-year-old girl that's not going to happen in florida (laughs) okay bob great update so uh we're coming to the end of the session i think it's up this friday if everything goes smoothly and uh any comments at all about the budget or the budgeting process you know, Bob, we, uh, I, and I think this goes back to the beginning uh, of the pandemic, about six or eight weeks into the pandemic, the governor realized, okay, you know, we, we can get a grip on this uh, virus. Um, we can get people uh, better that, you know, are infected with it. Our hospitals are not overrun. And he allowed Floridians to open up their economy and do what they thought was best for themselves. If they wanted to stay home, they could stay home. If they wanted to go to work, they could go to work. And, you know, when it first happened last year, we really were planning on having to maybe cut, you know, anywhere from three to five billion dollars from last year's budget. Yeah, uh, because we have to have a balanced budget tomorrow when we leave on sign die. The only thing in by laws we have to do is pass a balanced budget. Well, tomorrow we're going to we have the budget on the desk and the budget is one hundred and one billion dollars. Last year, the budget was ninety three billion. So we've increased spending. A lot of it's one time because we did get some, um, some money from the federal government to help us uh, recover from the uh, you know, COVID pandemic. 
But we we have some great stuff in the budget. We're going to give some teachers some raises. We're going to build a new water reservoir north of the lake, which so much of the problem comes from north of the lake. And mm-hmm. this polluted water gets down into Lake Okeechobee and then unfortunately has to get discharged, you know, uh, on our side of the state and even the east coast of the state. So once that's done, and, you know, take it while to get done, but we're going to have money for that. So that's really, really big news. You know, Bob, I understand that there's a, a, a lot of septic tanks that are failing in central Florida in, in inexpensive homes, old homes. And uh, I understand it's a, it's a pollution problem. Are we looking at that at all? You know, you know, we Bob, we are looking at that, and and of course, eventually, we'd like everybody to be, you know, on you know a, a sewer system. Yeah. But it's not just the homes. We have to remember, uh, in the state, right, you know, right down the road from us in Tampa, you know, Tampa often uh, their water treatment plant doesn't have the capacity right now to treat the water that it goes into their treatment plants at times. So it's not just. Huh converting the homes we actually have to the ability to build uh water treatment plants and and we do have a plan and slowly we're getting there but there's 2.2 million homes in florida that have septic tanks yeah and if you're talking about never mind converting the home but to build water treatment plants you're talking years and you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars so uh but there is a plan and again a lot of the homes that have ultra uh, septic tanks where the biggest problems are when the people don't maintain those septic tanks. Exactly right. So, I mean, this is all gets to the whole uh, goal of having a pristine environment. I mean, that's one of the governor's goals. I'm sure it's one of your goals in the state legislature. So uh, we need to preserve our environment, and uh, that needs to be addressed. Now, has the legislation passed in order to take care of that? Um, the, the legislation passed. You know, we funded a bunch of the water projects. We funded uh, the work, uh, you know, north of the lake. We funded to continue funding the projects on the way, but we have not had this massive, you know, yeah, transformation of septic to sewer because it's, you know, when you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars, when our whole budget was a hundred billion dollars, yeah, and you're talking many, many years, and seems to you know, me we'll probably lot. we're going to probably first concentrate on the ones that are closest to you know critical uh, areas of. Uh, yeah. You know, environmental concern like homes or communities that are on waterways and things like that. Uh, one of the ways to do that is to help homeowners finance the conversion so that it's not coming out of the state budget. You know, perhaps uh, it'll cost us some interest, but uh, there's. It's yeah, imp- we uh, Ray Rodriguez had a bill there. Uh, the it was called the Pace Loan, and uh, that would allow homeowners to finance and. And it, it, it's actually a very good process, but it's a little bit complicated uh, yeah. because what happens is it really becomes part of their tax bill. But in the unforeseen uh, problem of the homeowner actually had a foreclosure, that PACE loan actually gets paid off before the first mortgage, and it's the only type of loan <laughs> product that we allow to do it in. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, doing it that way could jeopardize, you know, our mortgage market in the future, too. Yeah, you got a great point. I mean, the devil's in the details, isn't it, Bob? Uh, yep. Before I let you go, uh, uh, any disappointments or any uh, victories or things that you're really proud of in this legislative you, session? You know, you know, I'm still working on my uh, property insurance reform, you know, uh, bill. You know, we all know that homeowner rates keep going up and up and up. And, you know, some people just want to blame the insurance company because they say insurance companies are rich or, oh, they didn't pay my claim, so I don't care. But it's it's very complex. You know, we have a lawsuit problem in Florida. Florida represents 7% of every property and casualty claim in America, yet we are 77% of every lawsuit in America. Needs to be addressed, Bob, and I appreciate you taking that that challenge on. I mean, we're 46th in the nation, I think, in terms of states and uh, t- uh, tort law reform, and, and that that's the bad side, <laughs> the negative side. Well, it, the, the lawyers are living in really nice houses in Port Royal, though. So. <laughs> Bob Rommel, again, our state representative. I genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob, and you have a great day. You as well. Thank you. Breaking news on that uh, uh cross-gender thing uh, on competing in public schools. That's so interesting. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees. I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, I'd like you to check out Choice Social. It's a new refreshing social networking platform. You can download the app by visiting choicesocial.us on the website. Coming up, we're going to visit with former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government, a regular guest on the show. Really appreciate his commentary. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, yes, but we stand for everything that was not in the speech last night. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that. Did you, did you watch the speech? I dipped in and out. I kept getting uh, very rapidly nauseated by when I dipped back in, so I, I, I watched part of it. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Well, it's, it's you know, I, it was amazing, you know, I guess the whole thing was awful, so I managed to catch, I, I, at first I thought I, I, I managed to time myself with really bad, you know, sentences or sections, yeah. and then I just thought, well, probably the whole thing was this bad. Um, you know, I, I dip in and they say white supremacy is the biggest problem facing this country. Yeah. Where? Uh, I, I would argue anti-white. Ism is worse than white supremacy at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, he says he he talks about unashamedly talks about his standing up to China when we know he owes them hundreds of millions of dollars in, in fealty. Um, uh, you, you know, it's just everything about it is anti-America, anti-Constitution, anti-federalism, anti-Constitution, anti. Uh, Republican government, small r, Republican government. Um, you know, remember this guy. This guy ran as I said before he even decided to run in yeah. 2020 or in 2019. I said if he runs, he's going he's to be the biggest problem because every he's so old that he he's a tether back to the the uh, days when Democrats weren't insane. Right. And people are going to assume he's not insane. I said, but he's insane. Right. Well, he's, so he's, he's vacuous. He's, left he, as, he's vacuous. He's left as Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders. And now we're seeing that. I'm not so sure that, I, I don't know what he believes. I'm not sure he knows what he believes. But I do know that whatever he's saying is being orchestrated by somebody else. And I, w I wonder who's pulling the strings and who's in charge. Well, the, 
the whole rest of the party's insane, so it doesn't matter who's in charge. <laughs> That's a good point. Not, not all the party. I, um, you know what? I don't know if you're watching what's happening with regard to the uh, Maricopa County audit, uh, 2.1 million ballots, but uh, there's a Democrat who stood up and said, you know what, we need well, to do this. Yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to go, I'm, I'm talking about the, the D.C. Democrats. Right. I mean, I'll give, I'll, I'll give Kristen Sinema, the senator from New Mexico, a little credit. Yeah. Um, I give none to Joe Manchin. I get the feeling about Joe Manchin that he would be Chuck Schumer if he wasn't representing West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a hardcore leftist. I, I wrote a piece a couple of years ago and got in a lot of trouble with some <laughs> moderate Democrats I work with. I said, there are no such thing as a moderate Democrat anymore. There are only Democrats representing moderate districts. Yeah. Um, I don't think Manchin's very moderate at all. I think he just happens to come from West Virginia, so he has to pretend to be. Um, so, but let, yeah, me, let me, you know, there, let there me. are border Democrats in Texas, I know, that are sheriffs and stuff that are pissed at Biden with the border thing. Yep. I, I get that. I'm talking about in D.C., yeah. by and large. Yeah, well, so I, I guess, though, this, this audit, audit thing is a big deal because if this is continuing, the judge allowed it to continue. I know that the, the Democrats are scared as they can be about the outcome of this audit. Oh, they're pissed. Yeah. yeah. This, is the, this is the first genuine assessment of any ballots anywhere since the 2020 election. My guess is that it's going to be overwhelmingly uh, that uh, Trump was cheated out of a couple hundred thousand votes. I w that would be my guess. We'll see. For people who, if people remember, Maricopa County is the county where Joe Arpaio was sheriff forever. Right. He's the guy who had took, trucked no illegal immigration. He's the one that put the prisoners in pink uniforms so no one would, no one, you know, because people started wearing orange jumpsuits on, on the street to, yeah. to represent prison garb. And he goes, well, fine, I'll make them pink. No one will copy that. <laughs> um, and, and he represented that county forever, so it's very difficult to look at the 2020 Maricopa County results and go, uh, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, so, so, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see. And the question is, once again, because Republicans have no testosterone between them, once a county comes out with the real results, like hopefully Maricopa County does, will that finally shake awake the many, many other areas that Trump probably won and got robbed, Yeah, and they'll analyze the way Maricopa County is analyzed. Yeah, I quite frankly think that Wisconsin and Georgia are going to be next. I think that I think this whole thing is going to fall like dominoes. People want to know. Nobody, you know, I think the uh, Democrats thought this all would go away after the election. It's not going away. People are still very upset about the results because they they believe the election was stolen. It's, 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 it's the, there's a quote, and I can't remember who said it. It's a very old quote. Um, just because you silenced me doesn't mean I agree with you. Exactly. And that applies to big tech, and that certainly applies to, you know, uh, wait a minute, I, you know, you, you, it's, the, it's the old joke. Uh, wait a minute, I think some of these voting tallies were, were uh, corrupted. Uh, no, you know, no, because shut up. Yeah. <laughs> because shut up is not a, is not a debate, is not a debate uh, response. It's a, I don't want to debate you, so shut up, response. Yeah, you know, in a Vail school district in Arizona, some parents were very upset that the governor actually dropped the mask mandate, but Governor Ducey, but apparently this Vail Unified School District kept the mask mandate in place anyway. Hundreds right. of people showed up for the board member <laughs> for me and to complain about it. They were very upset about it. Apparently, the board members left. <laughs> they could, couldn't take no, the heat. No, no, that, that happens. This is why I've said my, since I attended government schools that they, that they should abolish government schools. Right. This happens all the time all over the country. You know, they say, go to the school board meetings. You know, demand change at the local level. Go to the school board meetings. I don't think there are any any elected officials or, or, or government officials in the country more dismissive of, of the people they allegedly serve than, than school board members. It's well, unbelievable. It is unbelievable, but I, I do agree with the parents that did this, and I think it sends a loud message to, for example, the Democrats and to the liberals who are running uh, the uh, country right now, right down to the school boards, that, hey, we're not going to take it anymore. 
Oh, listen, they, look, look, none of these Democrats think they won the election. Yeah. None of these Democrats think that their ideas are popular. This is the, this is the because shut up argument. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the parents show up at the school board meeting. Do the, do, <laughs> what do they do? I don't want to listen to you people. We're leaving. Um, you know, uh, this, they know what they're doing is unpopular. Yeah. The problem is what they're counting on is too many people will be apathetic and allow it to happen. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of apathy right here in Collier County. This is a, a conservative bastion in America, quite frankly. Over sixty. But, but they're they're sleepwalking through life. Well, the, in part, but right now we have a school board that has over a billion dollars. To spend 1.1 billion dollars, 22,000 more than 22,000 dollars a student. The average in the, in the nation is about 12,500. And uh, you know, the kids—they say the kids; these are A schools. They're not A schools. Kids are reading no. at 58 uh, percent at, at uh, grade level. Well, this is a—it's yeah, it's yeah. atrocity. They, they rate schools like the uh, the, uh, the the SEC rated uh, b- bonds in 2008. Yeah. Um, you know the the the, the bond ratings of, uh, that ended up killing the economy. Yeah. Oh, AAA rated, great. Uh, <laughs> the school's an A rated. Uh, yeah, okay, right. Whatever. Uh, Keith, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Seton. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit his website lessgovernment.org. You can also find Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Right now we have with us a guy who believes in the rule of law. He's the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, it's always a pleasure on Thursday morning. Um to be with you and uh, spread some good cheer or whatever we do. Well, that's <laughs> let's though you want to <laughs> talk about some good cheer. Let's start off by talking about any any update on what's happened with city government or what's happening in Naples. Well, th- th- this has been a pretty quiet week. Um, they've got enough stuff shaken up down there. To uh, next week should be should be extremely interesting. May will be a very interesting month where they're going to keep dealing with the beach club and. Um, and and other things that have been 
as we've been talking about that have been the, the pot has certainly been been stirred so there's a lot of things that we we will certainly be talking about as i say um next week they should have a couple of long meetings as usual yeah <laughs> and um other than that i um uh got some good news the other day that uh the Naples Triathlon is going to is going to go this year. It's going actually this Sunday. Uh, wow! You know they've had it for years and years and years at the Beach Club, and they will have it at the Beach Club this Sunday. And according to um, Linda Gregory, who is the uh, who is the chair of that event and has been for years, uh, she said she has about they had about seven hundred entries. Isn't that um, and she thinks they'll be closer to five hundred. But you know this will be the last time at the Beach Club. It'll be kind of a a, a historical event, so uh, I'm going to be doing the announcing for that for the awards, and I'm I'm thrilled. Yeah. And um, other than that, I mean, I I can tell you uh, also was that um, we went and we didn't go anywhere. Actually, I went down to Cosmos the other night to pick up to get a takeout order. Uh -huh. Bob, that was last Friday night. I have never seen at this time of the year so many people in my entire life. Um, they're not leaving. No, that's right. <laughs> they are not leaving. So that's so, uh, you know, with this triathlon thing, this is a big deal. I can I, I, uh, ride my bike uh, typically on Saturday or Sunday. And, uh, well, I look forward to getting back to that, quite frankly. But, you know, trying to get through uh, Gulf Shore Boulevard South there, whatever that is. Right. <laughs> just forget about it. You're <laughs> it's, yeah. It's a, yeah. And, and it's, it's, you know, they're, they're in by... Uh, nine o'clock. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they, we start the awards usually around nine thirty. But I mean, um, those guys and gals really, really pour it on, and uh, uh, it's such a wonderful, wonderful event. So uh, you stay off your bicycle. Uh, well, you're not on your bike yet, anyway. That's so, right. Um, That's right. You, you can't do that. But yeah, but you know, uh, next year they do have a spot for it next year. Um, I'm, I'm. She told me. I'm not sure. I think it could be. One of the Ritz Carlton, maybe Baker Park. I don't know, but they already have a spot, so that's a good thing that it will continue just in a different in a different place. Yeah, you know, you got to consider it to be a real honor to be selected and asked to do that. Quite frankly, I think it's so cool that uh, people just see continue to see you as a leader in Naples, irrespective of the fact that you're no longer serving as mayor. Well, thank thank you. Um, I you know I do it because I love it. I mean, you know, and seeing all all those. Uh, all those those uh, young guys and gals and some old some seniors too. I'll tell you what, you get some old timers that are doing that, and it's, it amazes me. But you know, it just shows that Naples is all about health and uh, um, and and staying fit and blue zones and you know all those things are really great. Um, I uh, also we have seen a few car carriers. Yeah, we have too. Uh, yeah, so I know that that makes Linda happy. Yeah. <laughs> we, we consider it car carriers are the national bird at this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's 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 it certainly is. So, what do you think about the national politics these days? Well, I'll tell you, uh, there's so much going on. Uh, the thing that makes me the happiest is to see this audit going on in Maricopa County. Uh, 2.1 million ballots, and uh, there is a very liberal judge that said, "You know what? This we're not going to stand in the way of this thing. We're going to let it continue." It's a big deal. Right. It's a big, big deal. And if this audit works out the way I think it will, it could lead to audits. And well, they're already they're doing an audit in New Hampshire, that which is not a key state, but uh, I think it'll lead to audits in other states as well. What are your, what are your well, thoughts? Yeah, and and it, it very well might. I, I don't see a downside to it, Bob. No. I don't think so. I'm sure a lot of, uh, I think a lot of people on the opposition are very upset and very concerned about the outcome. Well, I, I, you know, regardless of, of what side you're on, if you're on a side, okay, yeah. um, if, if it's good for, for everybody, right. um, you know, then, then you do it. And I don't, again, I don't, I don't see a downside. And a legitimate audit is a legitimate audit, okay? Yep. You know. They're not fudging it, and um, and um, let's see what comes out. Who knows? Who you know? You could be surprised. So, yeah. so you just you just don't know. That's right. Um, but um, it'll clarify yeah. things for for everybody. I mean, I think the dust will right. settle. I mean, people will have to just accept the results, and uh, the, you know whatever comes in comes in. It's uh, it's an audit. It's a forensic audit, if I'm not mistaken. So it's right. Every right. ballot is being Those, looked at. Yeah, those are the those are the big ones too. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And, um, you know, other than that, as I say, I, I have noticed a little bit of a, a, a slowdown in traffic. Uh-huh. But um, as I say, the restaurants are still busy. Actually, we we went to Dorona. Do you go to Dorona at all? We haven't been this year. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a really a great restaurant. But we went uh, two nights ago, and um, it was very quiet. And I asked the server, and he said, "Yeah, this week he's he's seen it. This week, hmm. uh, de- definitely drop off." So I think from here on out, we're probably gonna, you know, we'll probably see it get back by Mother's Day anyway, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, I've, uh, we go to Blue Provence on occasion, and boy, that place is hopping. Oh, always. <laughs> so. And the, the biggest issue, Bob, the biggest issue before we run out of time is, uh, and Chris just said it to me, um, we're hearing from everybody, people can't find, find help. They can't find people to work. Right. Well, you and, know, the problem is that the, the uh, unemployment benefit is higher right. than what most, most people make when they're working. So it's there's <laughs> neg- yeah. negative so, incentive. So why go to work? Exactly. I mean, I, I had an experience of, uh, just the other day, talking to a very nice, nice young man who's opening a new business downtown Naples uh, by Cambia Park, uh, an up, an upgrade tailor and uh, and a high end shoe store, and um, he said, "Look, we pay, we're going to pay really, really good dollars." And he says, "We've been running ads and this and that. We we can't get anybody to apply." Yeah, it's a shame. You know, it's the so, smart smart people will realize the best decision since jobs are available, is to find the job that you want now because it may not be available when, when unemployment benefits end. Well, that that's for sure, and that probably is a, is a smart move. So, yeah, I, I, I agree, but it is it still poses a problem. You hear, I heard McDonald's was offering $50 uh, just to interview with them in certain states. Just to show up, if you can believe that. I think that's happening right. up near Tampa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, and and that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, when you consider the, the population and the people there, and you're right, though. You're getting those checks rolling in. Well, I'm not, you know, it's not worth it, yeah. which is very sad. It is indeed, although a lot of people, uh, just anecdotally, we are seeing car carriers, but a lot of people I talk to are saying, you know, I'm sticking around until we get this mask mandate and... You know, free, Florida right now is a free, free place. You can make your own decisions about your health. It's not the case right. in other states. And our numbers have been decent. They have indeed. <laughs> better better than expected. The, I, uh, I saw a column that a guy had written saying that, you know what, he's a epidemiologist, and he said he interviewed uh, the our governor DeSantis, and he said he knows right. he knows more about uh, the science behind this than most epidemiologists uh, know about it. So uh, yeah, credit yeah. to uh, Governor DeSantis; he's doing a great job. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm 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 hearing that other states are definitely opening up. I know New York is. Um, so we'll go up there in late July, and uh, hopefully. Um, Everything will be pretty open by then. So, yeah. you know, just let them keep getting vaccinated. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So did, did you watch the uh, address last night? Uh, did you? No. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> no. I said, I said we, we'll, we'll see. It'll be all over the news and everything today. So hopefully something good came out of it, Bob. Well, it ended. I think that <laughs> was a, yeah. maybe the right. I, I'm. I'm I'm the eternal optimist, you know. I'm uh, I just um, I don't know. I I, I just don't get uh, head over heels either way. Yeah. Um, and I'm always looking for that for that bright light. Uh, so that's just my nature. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I certainly do. Um, so I don't know what came of it last night, but I'm sure, as I say, we'll it'll be all over the news and the paper and the talk shows and everything else today. So indeed, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, genuinely. And by the way, good luck on this triathlon this weekend. It sounds like a great event. I really appreciate you yeah, coming on yeah, the show. Yeah, thank you. Have a great, uh, great week, uh, Bill. You too, Bob. Keep recovering. Th- we'll speak to you. Thank you so much. He, when he's uh, referring recovering, he's referring to I had a back operation on February the fifteenth and uh, feeling better every day. It's a great thing. 
Uh, I hope you join us tomorrow. We'll visit with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Michael Cannon is the Director of Health Studies at the Cato Institute. We'll visit with Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? And Dave Beagle, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, will be with us as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.